They are Gwitch, <laughs> Bokai, and Carlini. <laughs> hey, 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 what's up? It is uh, your, Good evening. your favorite himbo and your favorite uh, twink? Or what are they called? Is it twink? What? What the fuck is the word I'm looking for? Twink, I'll take it. I'll take a it. Twink? Is that what they're called? Yeah, well, you listener, you can decide who's <laughs> the twink and who's the himbo. Uh, it's episode 28 of the Parapod. Oh. <laughs> uh. God bless. What an intro. These intros are getting How worse. How do we top worse. that? I think we should just cut it there. <laughs> Dude, that's it. They're done. That's it. That's it. End the podcast. Once, like, yeah. It is a drink, isn't it? I think it is. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. We're back. How you been, Mark? <laughs> I've been great. I've been amazing. You know, living it up in lockdown again. You know, it'll subside. It'll pass. You know, it's only been a year. <laughs> I looked up twink and nothing came up, so I was like, maybe if I look up gay twink. <laughs> that was <laughs> such a bad idea. Yeah, hey, what, what like, the fuck? Quite literally, every result there on my fucking page right here is just porn. We're going down a totally different path than what we envisioned oh, in the docket. Me. This is nothing to do with the docket. Jesus, that was a disaster. Maybe this, uh, hello and welcome to episode 20. <laughs> Good evening, hello. Okay, Mark, how are you? How are you anyway? Sorry, I was I'm not. Great. I was, I was I'm too amazing. busy looking at gay porn. <laughs> I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Yeah. How are you? I'm a, uh, you know, whatever. I've <laughs> I deleted Instagram <laughs> or Instagram. I deleted Twitter off my phone. What? I was like, no, I, I was like, I'm stepping. Uh, I deleted my account. I still have the Parapod account, so I can still, you know, <gasps> see the news, or whatever. But I was like, you know what? Um, you need to take a break. You need to step back from the from uh, Twitter because. Um, it's not doing you any favors. Wait, can you reactivate that? Yeah, no, I just signed out of it on my phone. I don't know my password oh. off by. I don't know what my password is off by heart though, because I, you know, I got these mad bullshit long complicated passwords. Yeah, man, the FBI are like still trying to crack your passcode. Like past twenty, um, it's like the Zodiac cipher or something. <laughs> <laughs> so if I if I want to uh, if I want to like get it back onto my Twitter. Like, I gotta work for it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but, someone's gonna hack your Twitter. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, life's been pretty peaceful ever since, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds like a good idea. Log off, you know? Uh, drop out. Mm. Do all that stuff. Especially now with all, all, the, fun all the... With the increasing rise of more, like, anti-mask stuff, which is, you know, inherently tied to, you know, racism and shit like that. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't really seen any anti-mask stuff, but I've just seen people being like, oh, for fuck's sake, which is sort of relatable. Mm. Fair, but, you know, then they're sharing pages that are like, communist Ireland is here to stay. It's like, if I swear... Delete them. Unfollow straight away. Uh, if I swear to God, as soon as I see something, people sharing pages like that, I'm like, are you actually fucking stupid? <laughs> like... Don't blame the people like sharing it because I doubt very much that like people even like read the full way down or like it's like you click onto the page and you go to another post and they're saying Ireland is communist and it's like okay well this is clearly alt right propaganda like there's no other way to look at this. <laughs> it's just the Nationalist Party, man. They're the National Party. All them people, yeah. send them back. Bye bye. Mm, you know, sad, so, yeah, sad they're people. All, they're, either, they're all East Yanks or West Brits. Exactly. Yeah, that's all they know. They just repeat parrot things. They're people who literally spend too much time on the internet, on Twitter and stuff like that. That's yeah, all those they fuckers know. need to like. They need to lose their password. <laughs> yeah, lose their passports. Yeah, nah. 
that's what I've been up to anyway. You know, chilling out, taking it easy, watching a few movies. Nice. Um, I think I'm gonna watch a few more TV shows though. I'm gonna start watching more TV because Disney Plus added in all that star stuff the other day. Yeah. And there's some good shit. You'll be happy to know that <laughs> I might be watching a few episodes of the X Files. Ah, oh, I love the X Files. I didn't realize how like much of the X-Files that there is. Nine seasons. Only seasons... Uh, past season six, don't watch any of that stuff. But up to then, it's gold. Absolute gold. Like, it's it's one of the best TV series I've ever watched. I think there's something inherently wrong with the season being 24 episodes and the episodes being, like, nearly an hour long. Mm. I'm just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's because it's syndicated. But the thing is, you have, you have the myth arc episodes, which are, like, the main sort of plot through the entire series, which is about mm. Mulder... And like his sister, and like the aliens and stuff, and like the broader kind of conspiracies. And then you have the uh, the monster of the week episodes, which is just like, oh, there's a vampire, or there's a ghost, or there's like a man with blue skin, or whatever. It's just like a single mm. monster for that week. And those are those are like amazing episodes. I prefer the monster of the week episodes, which you can watch just by themselves. Yeah, I might have to take the dive. I think I'll, I will. No, I definitely watch. Like at the very least, I watch like some of it, but like I will watch like a lot of it. I might just watch like a like look up like a best because I've never seen any like uh, X Files, so I might just look up a a best of and just like go through a few of those episodes mm. and see what I think. Watch the episode um, Home. I think it's season four, episode two, or something like that. It's a very very good, very scary episode. Sort of sort of similar to uh, Texas Chainsaw. Oh really? Oh shit. yeah, very similar. Same vibe. Is X-Files scary, is it? Some of the episodes are, yeah. Mm. Some of the episodes are pretty spooky. Pretty pretty creepy. It's also, there's Maybe. a few episodes that are actually really funny as well. So, it's just like, it has everything. You know? And then that Simpsons episode, one, one like a really amazing Simpsons episode. Really, well. like, literally one of the best episodes. I think. Yeah, it's so funny. It's <laughs> an amazing episode. And the movie, the first movie is actually good as well. I think they only have one of the movies, so I'm assuming... It's the first one because it's just says, yeah, fight the future. Yeah, yeah, it's the first one they have. Oh, home! There it is. Episode season four, episode two. Jesus, Mark, around the fucking ball. Yeah, that's an amazing episode. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go to that. I want to watch Atlanta as well. The um, Donald Glover show, Twin Peaks, but with hip hop is how I've heard it described. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go to a few TV shows. I think for for a bit. Dip my toe in. But it takes me so long to watch TV shows. So I would be quite a while watching them. Mm, get the toe in. Yeah, the star, the star thing is a bit underwhelming though. Cause like, it is. I thought it would be loads. But like it's just like sort of bits and drabs here and there. Like there's no real. Yeah. And it's not even all the stuff that they have. Like they have uh, one of the Planet of the Apes movies. But then none of the rest of them. Very weird. Yeah, you know? and like they got The Omen 2 and 3. For some reason, but mm. not the first one. Like, yeah, what's that about? It is like underwhelming, um, but it does have no Malcolm like, in the middle either. What's that about? They own I it. No, why can't they I put know. it on there? Load of bollocks. Put it up, please. I think Malcolm in the middle is it's on all four. It might be mm. coming to Netflix at one stage at some stage. I think I heard that somewhere. Um, it used to be on Netflix. I used to watch it all the time. But I mean, I'm gonna but watch Disney like, own it like. I'm gonna watch Futurama now. Uh, definitely, I'm gonna watch Futurama. Like, isn't he a Family Guy, Pfft, American Dad, absolutely not. Like, no, no, thanks, mate. 
Yeah, thank just God. Just got some, uh, some adult uh, programming, you know. Like, yeah, did you do kid stuff? Yeah, did you like? I like the way they're like. Yeah, you have to put on a pin now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's just for kids. Like the app is literally yeah. just for kids, basically. And then they're like, "Oh wait, you know, people who are over eighteen also subscribe to this." I have to put in a fucking pin. Fuck off. Oh, you can take the pin off. You know that, yeah. Can you? Yeah. Well, too late now. Have you seen Wandavision? No, I haven't. Have you? No, I've heard it's not I've heard, good. I've heard n- nothing but that it's good. My mom says it's really bad. So. Ah, really? <laughs> yeah. It's setting up on the next, uh, the next phase of uh, Marvel because this is when I think Can they're now going to be doing um, interdimensional stuff or uh, multi universe or multi-dimensional shit whatever mm. like uh you know with the spider with the spider-man thing that they're bringing in they're supposedly bringing in toby Maguire and uh oh andrew garfield there? yeah andrew garfield and dr strange also has to do with that so mm. it's all gonna be tying in together to do uh to do that but you know i watched um I actually watched captain america winter soldier uh, on the weekend nice um from phase two Two, yeah, phase two of uh, Avengers, or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I always wanted to watch uh, Winter Soldier because I, um, I've heard it's really, really good, and like, and you really like it as well, don't you? Yeah, that's the best. It's one of the best from um, the sequels. Like you have Thor to Iron Man to, uh, I can't even remember the others. Uh, but, like, well, Avengers two. Right, yeah, so basically all the sequels are fucking terrible except for uh, Captain America. Yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. I really, really liked it. Um, yeah, it's like a it's like a born movie almost, you know. Yeah, almost until like the end where it's just like <laughs> city falling <laughs> from the sky. <laughs> yeah, literally Again. like a city, a city, basically a fucking city falling on top of another city. Like, yeah, there's a city um, falling again on top of another city again. You have to save the world. But this was like the first one of the Marvel movies that did it. So at least that's actually true. Yeah, <laughs> but they didn't have to do it again. You know, four or five times. A lot of bollocks. But. Yeah, but like it is good. It's a good movie. Um, some of the special effects of age like shit though. Oh my god. Really? Like the oh, like some of the special effects look really noticeable, and like the green screen is pretty bad. But you know, besides that, like the action is well done. The um, the characters are fun. They're cool. The, the Nick Fury like still being alive at the end I was like that's just like I was like I was amazed that they killed him off and I was just like how the fuck do they excuse like bring him back and he's just like oh I took a pill that like slows my heart rate down to one beat per minute and I was like that would still kill you like he's still <laughs> yeah. dead he's still dead yeah <laughs> at least have severe brain damage <laughs> <laughs> he's just in a wheelchair all fucked up <laughs> the pill didn't can... work properly <laughs> Nick my god what happened <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> but it's good. It's good. And the action is good. And the action is that mm. you... Re- it was way Very better good, than yeah. I thought it was going to be. And uh, Winter Soldier is a is a cool character. Bucky. Bucky, I like yeah. Him. But yeah, like I don't really have that much to say about it. Except for, you know, it's, it was good. I enjoyed it. I rated it a 3 on Letterboxd. But it's actually like... If I was actually you know, properly rated, it would be a 7. But it's not, it's, it's not a 4. So it's a 3. So... Oh, <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I I liked it a lot. I did like it. It was very good. Yeah, Captain America. He's he's a he's a pretty cool dude. I like the way that his superpower compared to the rest of them is that like you know he's really smart or whatever and he's super strong. 
and you know, well, he's not even super strong. He's just very strong. He's just stronger than you know, way stronger than the average human. <laughs> but like, if he was to actually go up against like Iron Man, fucking Thor, Hulk, he would get annihilated. <laughs> yeah, his superpower is he's just mad strong. Like, like he just ha- mm. he doesn't have anything else, you know. No. The same as Black Widow. Like, what's her superpower? You know, she this doesn't have shit. one. She doesn't have a superpower. Yeah. She's just a so What's the crack with them? She's, she's just, just like powerful. Fury. She's just strong. <laughs> yeah, just strong. Like She's got amazing, like, karate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's hot. That's yeah. Amazing curves. <laughs> 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 Throw them off. Yeah, it's so weird. But yeah, he's he's sort of like the lame duck. But then he still mm-hmm. fights Iron Man stuff in the other ones. It's so uh, unrealistic. Bollocks. Like, there's no... Like, I know that his, like, shield is made of, like vibranium or whatever the fuck it's called whatever that fucking bullshit metal is called yeah. um like uh vibranium right i think it's called vibranium yeah, yeah. Um, definitely is. but uh i know that he has that and like that can block like you know a lot of shit or whatever but like i'm pretty sure iron man has a suit made of vibranium and he could he just definitely has like some laser that could cut through it and then, like you know without captain america's shield you know he can't, he can't dodge a fucking Gatling gun that's firing directly at him. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be so underwhelming, though. Like, someone just takes out a gun and just kills Captain America straight away, you know? Yeah, Captain America, if Captain America gets shot, he's fucked. Like, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> and that happens in the movie. He gets shot and he's in fucking bits. Yeah, yeah. Such a bad superhero. But also such a good superhero. Such a... This is an American superhero. It's like he's yeah. the average guy, you know. Even out, of, even out of all the superheroes, he's just like you know, he's superhero. He's a superhero, but like he's not like he doesn't have like you know insane superpowers. You know, he's not like fucking flying and shit. Uh, he's just a really athletic jock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not that super. You know, he's just a guy. He's just a normal hero. Even Winter Soldier has like a fucking robot arm. <laughs> yeah, Bucky. Bucky's a tragic character. Bucky's cool. I really like that character design. I really like it. Mm. He's cool. Um, I don't understand um, uh, Hydra. So is Hydra just basically Nazis? Is that basically like what the plot is? Yeah, it's just Soldier? Nazis. It's just Nazis are trying to take over the world again. It's Nazis versus the CIA. So you're like, I have to support the CIA here. You know? It's like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are also an evil corporation, basically. They're basically just the CIA. Mm. They're but just they're imperialists. F- yeah, but they're fighting against, you know, Nazis. So you're like, oh my god, who, who am I supposed to root you have for? to be <laughs> the good guy <laughs> yeah. then. You know? <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, because when I was watching Captain America, I came up with my theory, right, for, um, for how they should do, like, Captain America in the future. Because mm. um, I know that, like, obviously I know the, the ending of Endgame, and, you know, the fucking time travel shit or whatever. So, like, Captain America's back in his own timeline. What they should do is, in that timeline now, especially with all the, like, multi-dimensional shit that's going, that's starting up with the MCU at the moment, they should just make another fucking Captain America movie where Captain America now goes off and he saves Bucky because in this timeline, because he's back, he went back in time, and in this timeline, Bucky's now captured by Hydra. So Captain America should, should should go off and save him. Yeah. Because if he doesn't do that, that means like no one's ever gonna save Bucky from Hydra. He's always just gonna be fucked, basically. <laughs> He's always gonna be fucked. Now, as you go back to the, the beginning, you should try and travel back to the start and never get in that thing. And he's just a normal guy. 
And then he <laughs> he like they time travel and they kill John Favreau. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, they stop Iron Man one being made. Yeah, no more Iron Man one. Agents of Shield, nah, I'm all right. Nick Fury, you know, get a day job. Like this get is just they job. should have one where it's just like they neutralize the whole thing. That'd be funny, you know. And it's just Captain America with like the skinny Chris Evans, really skinny and stuff. And uh, Tony Stark oh. is just some really arrogant billionaire. And uh, and then Thanos just comes in and he just wipes him out. Yeah, and everyone's like, what the fuck is that? You know? It's like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. That's that's the only place they can go, you know, after interdimensional travel. Because mm. they they they're going to want to keep this going for, like, eternity. But they can't. Yeah, make too much money off of it. Yeah, exactly. They have to pivot at some make point. Make too much money. People on the film club uh, said that um, when we talk about like the MCU, they're like, oh, is it even good? And I felt so bad. I don't want to change someone's opinion on like the MCU and make them retroactively not like something that they obviously do like. like that's not fair. Imagine someone doing that to your favorite films. I, I welcome. I challenge anyone to do that. You should feel bad. <laughs> you should feel. You should feel bad if you like MCU. <laughs> Those films are terrible. But no, they are good. Like some of them are, some yeah. of them are good. No, a lot of them are good. I haven't watched like a, I watched. I've actually seen way more of the MCU than I thought I have. I've seen loads of them. I'm like, I've seen that. It's more when it gets onto like phase three, yeah, same three. Just drop out after like Civil War. I haven't seen many of them. Um, yeah, after Black Panther, I just like drop out. I haven't out. even seen Black Panther, so. <laughs> but it's just, it's just CIA propaganda, you know. Get a bit tired of it, you know. It's all the same thing again, again, again. So, but yeah, obviously enjoy it if you can, you know. But it's also, I'm also like watching it and I'm just like, I can't give out to anyone for liking this because do I know who's going to win at the end? Yes, obviously. I am also the guy that likes shonen anime and in shonen anime, you know <laughs> that the good guy is always going to win. Like, he's never not going to win. <laughs> yeah. It's the same shit. It's I, the same I, shit. <laughs> it's the same story, but like, it's not, you know... The American government making them, you know. I'm a conscientious objector to the Marvel Universe. Getting moralistic on us, are we, Mark? <laughs> I'm getting moralistic right here. It's violence in film. It's the violence, man. It's uh Okay. What you've been watching? We'll be, we'll what be you right. been watching anyway before our, we'll be okay, our laptops explode? Yeah. <laughs> this may be my final word. <laughs> um, I finally got around to the end. The end of my Harry Potter journey. I watched Harry Potter... The Goblet of Fire. But their boy, Orpat. Orpat, yes. Cedric Diggory. First first point of order. It's two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, Jesus I have Christ. To, not to retread all ground, but no film should ever be that long. So especially not a Harry Potter film. long. Holy shit. It's such a long film. Like, I love I love Harry Potter Goblet mm. of Fire. Yeah, same. Um, it's definitely, definitely the best in the series for me. But, like... Even I was like, Jesus, will this ever end, you know? Even though the ending is probably the best part as well. Yeah, Voldemort coming back is fucking sick. It's so good. Yeah, that's actually so cool. That's probably the, probably the scariest film in the series as well, but like... Yeah, because it, I think it's the mixture of like uh, lightheartedness with darkness. Like, it's very well managed throughout the film. But then mm. when you get into later films, like, it's just like dark. And there's no like, mm, yeah. there's no real let up in a way. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely that uh, that kind of meeting point between the early series and the later parts, but like it has like the perfect balance of both. Yeah, the end the end scene is so cool with the the rat guy 
you know, dropping baby Voldemort into the like the cauldron and stuff. It's so scary as well, like in like a graveyard. And obviously like that that point where uh, they really raise the stakes for everything mm. when uh Orpats, you know, unfortunately passes away. But yeah, it's good, like, you know, scary. It's uh, funny, pretty funny. Uh, you know, everyone's growing up and stuff. It's just like it's just it's good fun, mm. you know. Can't go wrong with it. And uh, it's like it's not as uh like childish like not just in terms of aesthetics and like like narrative stuff but like well yeah sort of in narrative terms like it's not the plot holes aren't so obvious you yeah know? i know the way in philosopher stone i was talking about like they just they just they're suspicious about snape for no reason this poor guy just has long hair and they think he's evil because of that and they go they make all these logical leaps to make no sense goblet of fireworks makes a uh, way more sense and i appreciate that mm. Um, which is your yeah, favorite uh, of the the tournament like challenges? Which one's your favorite? I definitely say the head. The hedge thing is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. That was scared me. Man, That's so scary. Because so I remember being younger watching it, and you know the bit where the the hedge like like takes a girl or some fella or something, and it just like pulls me. Yeah, I always yeah. I was like they're dead. Like there's no way they survived that. <laughs> yeah, I was the same. I remember seeing it in the cinemas, and I was like, oh my god. Like you're you're dead because they sort of in- imply that as well because the girl gets taken first, then it's Cedric, and he gets taken by the roots and he's getting claimed by the bush, and he's like begging Harry to help him and you're like oh shit like that's gonna kill him you know but then it turns out that it doesn't actually kill you like they're all fine back at the thing why why are you so desperate to like are you just begging yeah. him so you, so you don't Cedric. lose the game is that like but you're like the last two why would why would Harry yeah. help you. But then, like, Harry helps him, obviously. And then he does die. <laughs> and then he does die. But, like, first, for, before he, do, he dies, he's like, Harry, you save me. You you take the cup. So, like, that obviously implies that, like, the, the bush kills you. But, like, oh, then he dies anyway, obviously. But, like, the, the head scene is just, it's just creepy, mm. especially when Harry first goes through it. And it's, like, this big, there's, like, a stadium watching him. And then he goes into the hedge. And then it's, it, like, closes up. And everything's all creepy and all of a sudden. it's so quiet. I remember, uh, but the, the water thing is pretty cool as well. Where they have to go underwater and like Harry grows gills and stuff. Mm. It's so Even cool. Even the dragon is fucking really cool funny. as well. Ah, the dragon's amazing. The dra- yeah. like the, I, actually, each one of them is fucking cool. Like the the chase yeah. scene with the dragon on the fucking uh, the, the broom. broom yeah. That's what it's called. I couldn't get the name. <laughs> the broom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dragon's so so cool. You know, the Hungarian something uh, horntail. I think it is. It's every part of this movie just works. Just clicks. Mm. Even like the dance scene, like to have the ball. And this stuff. isn't the one with Cho Chang in it, is it? It is, yeah. Cho <laughs> Chang and then uh, the Pavarotti sisters, oh, I think it is. Fuck me. You know, yeah, Cho Chang. That's just comical, you know. That just says everything you need to know about. <laughs> about J.K. Rowling yeah, as a Rowling, human being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cho Chang. <laughs> Even like, I remember seeing a TikTok oh. or and it was like, are we really surprised that J.K. Rowling is who she is when she named her character Cho Chang and made it an N-word for her world of wizards? <laughs> oh, Muggle, yeah. Yeah, yeah Muggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh you my god. You fucking Mugblood. <laughs> you you Mudblood. It's what so the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Draco, you can't say that, man. That's so bad out. You're gonna get cancelled. <laughs> You're gonna Jacob Malfoy is cancelled. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's always something weird about that guy. But Very uh, too yeah, so, Aryan for my liking. Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's so on the nose. It's like they're just <laughs> it's just Hitler. It's like Voldemort is just Hitler, and they're just the Nazis. Like it's just. Uh, <laughs> 
just so on the nose. Yeah, it is now. But then you get the <laughs> then you get the the goblins who are the bankers. And, you and they're, know, just Jews, yeah. they're just Jews, yeah. They're just Jews. <laughs> yeah, the bankers is just these hook-nosed goblins. It's like, wow, J.K. Rowling, like, please, what were you... Like, I can't believe this woman is racist. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh God. my face, that actually hurts. Like, I'm actually like, cringing from that. Like, yeah. Yeah, no shit that, she's a, that she turned out to be a fucking arsehole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's evil. An evil woman. That's so fucking funny, though. But, um, yeah, so that's the end of my Harry Potter adventure. Are you, um, are be, you done? Are you I won't be watching it? the rest of them. Should the rest of them... Order, Order the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, Phoenix Deadly Hallows. fucking sucks. I don't remember a single thing about that film, except for Man, the fact you know that I couldn't see anything. No, no, no. Do you want to watch uh, Half-Blood Prince for me and just tell me what happens in that movie? Because I saw that movie in cinemas, and I've seen it, I've seen it another time. I do not remember a fucking single thing from that film. I don't know. All I remember is Voldemort, uh, Dumbledore dies, and that is it. Yeah. Harry gets with Cho Chang. Oh, after after leaving his After leaving her fella uh, to his death in the Tri-Wizard tournament, he slides on in there. But I remember, I, I really, I, I sort of preferred uh, Half-Blood Prince as the book. That was probably my favorite book. I didn't mind the film either. But Order of the Phoenix, what a pile of shite. And then um, Deadly Hollows. Like, no need for two films right there. And pretty much nothing happens in the first one. Yeah. I just looked up um, a ranking. I looked up Harry Potter on uh, on Letterboxd. And I'm assuming that this person is ranking them. This is the worst ranking I have ever fucking seen on Letterboxd. So number one, we have the Half-Blood Prince. Number two, Prisoner of Azkaban. Number three, Deathly Hallows Part One, which mm. is objectively the worst one. <laughs> the like that objectively. is objectively, objectively the it's, worst. It's an one. objective fact, scientific it's fact. Like looking at my biology, looking at everything else, <laughs> it's just the worst one. Then you we looked at the charts. It just it came back. Order of the Phoenix, which is probably the second worst <laughs> one. <laughs> then you got the first one. Then the second one. Then the last one. And their lowest rated one is Goblet of Fire. That is just... That is wrong. Like, that is not right at all. Mm. Like, I understand uh, different people have different opinions, but... No, no, man. I click out of this person's profile profile, and I see they gave Iron Man 3 a 5 out of 5. That's all I need to know. That's all I need to know about it. That's all I need to know about it. I can ignore your opinion. All your opinions and everything. Sure. Um, Where would you rate them? Like, why would you rate the top three? Top three: Goblet of Fire, Prisoner Azkaban, uh, Chamber of Secrets. Basically, in reverse order. Yeah, I think so. And then as well. maybe, and then uh, I don't know, maybe Half Blood Prince, and then Philosopher's Stone, then uh, Part Two, Deadly Hallows, then Part One, then Order of the Phoenix. That's what I'd say. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I would say. I think that or, would be I my think- ranking. I think Deathly Hallows. I think I'd go Goblet of Fire, Prisoner of Azkaban, Chamber of Secrets. Um, can't remember Half Blood Prince for counts. That's just thrown to the side. <laughs> um, Philosopher's Stone, Part Two, Part One, and then uh, Order of the Phoenix. I fucking hate Order of the Phoenix. That film is just miserable. So bad. Yeah, it's it's just black. 
You can't see anything. It's just it's just grim. It's there's no fun. Everything is shit. It's just a fucking torture porn film for kids, basically. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even that wrong black. saying that with the fucking kids like getting fucking scarred on their hands and shit like that. Yeah, that was so over the top, you know. <clears throat> and then you know Dolores like. That was just an annoying character. There's no need for her to be there at all. Yeah, she's you know? just paying the fucking hole. And then she gets, like, her comeuppance, but her comeuppance <laughs> are, like, way too dark for what Harry Potter is. And, like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why? Like, why don't you just, like... Like, Harry Potter's about being about, like, above all that stuff. Butter and Azkaban or something, like... Their justification is, well, we're not doing anything. It's like, what the... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Bizarre. Uh, not bizarre. a good time. Not a good time. Yeah. Fuck that. Not movie. a good look. Not a good look, JK. Not a good look. Yeah, come on. Along come with on, JK. Part of your many bad looks. <laughs> like. Yeah. Um, another fucking bad look was the fucking f- documentarians that made a uh, meeting the man, James oh. Baldwin in Paris. Um, I had never heard of this fucking thing in my life, but it was a movie, and I saw it, and I was like, James Baldwin. He's a cool dude. Let's knock this on. I quickly had a little Google on it. And it's like really highly acclaimed or whatever. So I clicked onto it. And wow. Yeah. The documentarians did not know what they were doing in this movie. Like the only reason why this film is good is James Baldwin. Because like Terence Dixon. Who uh, interviewed. He's some Brit. Uh, interviewing uh, James Baldwin. And... um. Yeah, they're in Paris or whatever. And the idea... like This is only like 20 minutes, like half an hour long. It's really, really short. But it's basically these dudes coming up to James Baldwin and asking him, like, yo, can we make a fucking documentary, documentary about um your, uh, your, literature, your literature or whatever? And he's like, yeah, sure. But then when they came over, he's like, no, nah, I'm actually... I don't, I don't actually want to talk about this. We should talk about, like, you know, more important things, like, you know... All the shit that's going on in America now, because we're, you know, we're talking at the midst of, like, Vietnam, and, you know, civil rights movement is just after happening, and, you know, there's a lot of racial tension in America. Maybe we should talk about this. And he's, like, trying Yeah, when was to, this made? It was, well, it was released in 1971. I don't know when it was made. Um, But, like, like, they never mentioned this, like, in the film, but for the description in, um, on Letterboxd, it says that, like, Things don't go to plan for him and the film crew when a couple of young black Vietnam Dodgers impose themselves on the American. Now, not only is that not an accurate way to describe what happens, I don't think they never actually say that they're Vietnam Dodgers. I think whoever wrote this fucking thing just assumed. What? It's never mentioned that they're that they're Vietnam draft Dodgers. And also, mm. it's not that they impose themselves to be there on the film. James Baldwin is perfectly fucking cool with them being there. The documentarians are pissing him off massively because he's there trying to like explain to them like for example, right? He says to them, "You don't know anything about me because like my world as a black man is completely separate to your world as a white person." But I know something about you from my relationship of being a black person living in a white world. I know that much. And they're just like, you don't know anything about us. And he's like, no, but I do. Like, I do know something. Like, I have like, you know, from living in your... You've never lived in my world. I have always lived in your world, basically. 
and they're just like completely ignorant to what he's saying and they get really pissed off with him yeah it's really i saw it as well it's like they get really like i've never seen an interviewer get that uh i didn't know sorry i didn't know that you watched this <laughs> yeah i saw on the thing i was like yeah you know i have to watch this because it's always coming up on the front page mm. but like there's i've never seen an interviewer get so like combative with an interviewee they're like why are you uh ignoring us basically or why aren't you playing along and he's uh like to be honest i honestly didn't know what he was talking about like james baldwin at the bastille yeah like there's some bits was like i don't fully understand what you're saying but like yeah cool. it seems more it's like cool he's just like saying <laughs> yeah it's like i appreciate like the attitude like it's like sort of you know punk or whatever but i had no idea what he was talking about at the at the bastille part where no. he's like he's trying to make a comparison between um the storming of the bastille and like the american prison system mm. but then they have a when he's sitting down with like angela davis and people like that i think it's her isn't it I think um, it's just some random. No, no, I don't think it's Angela Davis. I think it's just some random girl. No, no. I don't know if it's Angela. But yeah, Davis. it's just. I thought it was her for some reason, but uh, yeah, he's sitting, la- sitting down with a load of other, like a lot of people in Paris, and uh, there's an interview afterwards as well, and he makes makes the point you're talking about, like basically the other kind of complex, mm. you know, that kind of that kind of idea that that he he's more knowledge about the system uh, that is inaccessible to like, you know, the body that it represents because mm. he is the other, like he's like. He is what the system poses itself against, basically. That was way more uh, clear. But I, yeah. I literally, like, the Bastille part is just, like, completely unintelligible to me. Yeah, like, I kind of, like, like, I kind of grasped what he was saying. But, like, I feel like it was almost like he was, like, he's, like, there's no real point trying to go into this. Because, like, you, you're not going to, like, you're not going to understand. As in, like, the documentary is, like, like you're not gonna understand it. He's like, you see that guy there? He he might die tomorrow because just because of the color of his skin, and I might die tomorrow because of the color of my skin. But you'll never understand that fear. And we're like, you know, the American prison system, or whatever. But it was definitely like when they got into the room, and he was like talking to the people. There's a bit where like the documentarian tried to like like say something, and everyone's like, shut the fuck up, like stop stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And that guy should have like, given up. Like, yeah, he just should have shut the fuck up. Like especially like when it was very clear that. James Baldwin didn't whatever film they wanted to make. James Baldwin did not want to make that film, so just fucking go with it. Like, just be mm. like, um, I love that line where he's saying like, you know, I'm a writer and I can never be anything more. Like, I don't know how to run a bank. I don't know how to do this or that or whatever. But I do know how to fuck up your mind. And I, I was like, and everyone in the room was like, right on. I was like, clicking right on, like, yeah. man, right on. But yeah. I, like, that was such a you good don't. line. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. man. Like, because it was something. Because like, when you're watching it, it's like, you like, when you're watching it, it is kind of like I don't fully understand what <laughs> yeah. you're saying. It's pretty confusing. Yeah. It's pretty confusing. But it's also really cool. Whatever you're saying sounds really cool, and it's interesting, and I'm listening. Even though I don't, I might not fully understand what you're saying, but I also think that even if he was to like fully explain it, you know, he's just a, he's like he's just a writer or whatever. Like he's not like a um, a teacher or a lecturer or whatever. Like I don't think I think like whatever he's trying to explain, he's not he's not the person to explain it. If you know what I mean, and I think like he himself would agree with that. Yeah, he was a preacher. Yeah, yeah, you really got a a, you really got a sense of that in the yeah, in the he's room. a great speaker. Mm. He also has like. He's he seems really intense. Like I I, I would have been like if I was a documentary guy, I would have been like, all right, James, I understand what's going on here. I'm gonna leave. You know, <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm not gonna bounce. come back. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's he's so intense. You know, mm. 
really uh, charismatic kind of figure. Really, drink, I, I always drinking whiskey and having a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, what a cool guy. Um, I've never actually read his books. I've read uh, Giovanni's Room. Giovanni's Room is like, in terms of like writing, like literature, it is like the mm. most beautiful thing I've ever read. It's amazing. Like the writing mm. in it is so good. What's but it about? It's about um, <clears throat> it's about this dude. Can't remember the main character's name, but this dude that moves to France with his fiance or his wife or whatever. But he just he starts to have an affair with a waiter. I'm gonna say a bartender uh, called Giovanni, and it's about you know going to Giovanni's room to have sex with oh, him, and it's nice. about being, you know, it's about the other and about not being you know entirely safe for who you are. In a place, and it's also got to do with you know France, where he's from, and it's also the guy's American, so it ties back into like you know America as this like place or whatever. But it's cool. Mm. Fairly fucking certain that um, James Baldwin was gay. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm yeah, like was, yeah. ninety-eight nine percent sure that he was. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where he went to France. Yeah, something about he was involved. I think he was supposed to to speak at the march on Washington. And then he was uninvited at the last minute because uh, it was like it wasn't popular within the movement at the time to be gay or whatever. Mm. So you had to struggle with that. You had to struggle with a lot of things, you know. Like there's yeah. a point in the film where he's like, "I've had a hard life," and he's like, he's laughing like a minute beforehand, and then suddenly he's like, he gets kind of serious, and it's and like, like, "Oh god, like, yeah, man, you did, <laughs> like, you've had yeah, a you had a tough fucking life." Yeah, but he's but, yeah. cool, and he wrote a lot of good books, and he's like, very cool guy. He's going to be like remembered forever as well, I think. He'll go down in history. But, Jesus, yeah, those fucking... Those fucking documentarians. What the fuck? Like, I have never seen that before. I've never seen a documentarian, like, really go against what, like, the subject... Like, the subject matter of the story, I guess, is because it's about mm. James Baldwin. But, like, you know, the the interviewee... It's so weird, yeah. Yeah. It's cool, though. I really, I, I really liked it, especially because it's so short. And he got this like cool idea of like who James Baldwin was. Yeah, it's only twenty. Well, I guess minutes. like only like one sense. Well, one part of him, I guess. Because I remember like seeing something like James Baldwin wasn't this intense. He's just super pissed off with the fucking documentarians. <laughs> it's like yeah, no Jesus. fair. <laughs> How pissed off was he? <laughs> he's like, like as like, he's just like I'm wasting my fucking time. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus, he's like the way the way he does a squint. I was like, damn, man, please stop doing that. <laughs> <This> <laughs> <dude>. He's about <laughs> to kick the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah. I was like, damn, this guy isn't serious. I gotta be like, get the fuck out of here. But yeah, they yeah, never it's, mentioned it's... that. They never mentioned that those, like, uh, the, like, the kids or whatever that are, like, well, I'm gonna say kids, they're in their 20s, but, like, they're, they're literally older than we are now. Like, but, mm. um, they never mentioned <laughs> that they're, they're, like, uh, Vietnam draft dodgers. That doesn't come into it. Yeah, I didn't know that. Sort of makes sense though. Like, why why are they all in Paris? Following James Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's a cool, dude. Dodging the draft. That's also cool, though. You know. It is also cool. Then. Still cool, you know. What else have you been? What else have you been watching? Yeah, uh, I had a uh, I had a good look at uh, Feels Good Man, mm. which I believe you also watched. Yes. Which is a an internet documentary about the internet, that is to say. Uh, which charts the uh, rise and fall of Pepe the Frog, which is a character I'm sure we all know. Poor, um, poor Pepe. Poor Pepe. Like, he's been through the washer. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's sort of like 
sort of tells the story of his origins and like how he became appropriated and then like the different layers of appropriation and all these different he sort of became exploded into this, this totally new kind of icon um you know meme of used memeified you know memed to mm-hmm. death basically like he literally dies in the film um and he died in real life also but he was like created by this guy called matt fury um who was like the chillest hippie like californian he's just a cool guy just really laid back very relaxed dude yeah yeah he's like shaggy off like scooby-doo like, mm. like he even looks like him. and he's just there he was just he's just a cartoonist mind his business one day and he made this uh made the comic boys club i think it's called yeah boys club which is based which is based on i think him and his, his roommates but like um in the form of animals there's like a frog and um, like a Sasquatch kind of guy. There's like a dog and stuff. There's a dog and something else. <laughs> it's pretty popular. Yeah. But um, yeah, one day someone someone scanned it or no no someone someone took like a screenshot from one of the things. Oh, one of he the panels. did. He Fury himself did that. Did what? He he scanned it and just put it up, and then like that's where it came from. That's where. Yeah, but someone took like a screenshot from the oh, scan. Yeah. Like just of just yeah. of Pepe's face saying "feels good, man," which was in the context of the comic that was about. Uh, someone comes up to him, so someone opens the toilet door in the comic, and he's peeing with his pants pulled down. Pretty funny, you know. Classic. Everyone's gonna laugh at that. And then uh, the character uh, who who finds him is like, "Why would you do that?" And Pepe's just like, "Feels good, man." Like he's just he sort of embraced the fact that he's a weirdo and that like <laughs> he just sort of does what he wants, and he's like. He's just proud of who I he is. It does feel good. I'm gonna pee at the break. I'm gonna go it's pee liberating. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the break. <laughs> yeah, we have to try it actually. Yeah, but um, but yeah, and it basically exploded from there. It became like a catchphrase. And there's a part. There's a part when uh, in the initial part of the documentary, we talk about how like it became a catchphrase for like bodybuilders, like fascist bodybuilders. And that's when they knew it became really weird. <laughs> as soon as it said like, yeah, like all these bodybuilders started just like saying feels good man i like i was like there is no way this could have ended well like there's yeah. no like <laughs> like at the peak at the start of the internet and for some reason all these macho bodybuilders are saying feels good man it's like oh this is just gonna definitely be tied to misogyny in some form <laughs> this is not gonna go well but yeah then i think everyone sort of knows the story after that he just becomes like this crazy kind of meme you know to like varying levels of popularity like everyone sort of knows a different version of it but there's all there's like i suppose millions of like unique versions of it and you yeah, can create it you create yeah rare pepes and you can create your own pepes yourself i suppose anyone can which is like the whole point of a uh, meme culture i think it's a very difficult topic to approach uh from a, a documentary point of view they do it very very well though they do yeah it's like the internet something that moves uh like faster than any other form of technology. Like Pepe is basically a dead meme at this stage. Like you don't really see it anymore. But it was literally uh, a hate symbol. <laughs> yeah, it got it got designated as a hate symbol, which is a whole other thing. But uh, well, we'll get we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. But yeah, I appreciate the fact that it sort of it just tried to take these things seriously and mm. to sort of study, like or sort of chart a path, and even like offer some explanations as to some commentary onto. As to what actually happened, or like how it sort of became this innocuous cartoon into a, uh, you know, I don't know, like a fascist symbol, or like whatever else you want to think, or whatever yeah. else you want to derive from it. 
Um, it's really fucked up, though. Like, mm. I like... Because, like, you can very clearly see the thread and the logic behind why it was Pepe. Like, even at the start, where it's just like, yeah, Pepe came from Boys Club, and, like, Boys Club was just, like, this in-between time, like, just after college, where you don't really know what you're going to do, and you haven't got a job, you're just kind of chilling out with your friends, whatever. And that character being adopted by, you know, 4chaners, who, like, fuck me, that was... That's a side of the internet that I'm glad I never really like came like stumbled into or anything. That just seemed very fucking sad. What was it called? Like zizing? Like what? Or what was it called? Where they just like basically lived in their in their mom's basement, but they oh, took neats. pride. Yeah, neats. not yeah. in edu- not in education, employment, or training. I think it is. That, that was fucking grim because just like these dudes are literally doing nothing but being on the internet all day. Well, we're and all like, needs now. We're all needs now. Everyone's a <laughs> needs, but... <laughs> um, like, you could, I could fully understand why it was them that would then take the Pepe meme and, like, turn it into, like, this kind of, like, empowerment thing where you're just like, yeah, we are all a bunch of fucking weirdos and yeah. we don't really know what we're doing, but we're just kind of, you know, chilling out or whatever. And that's what, like, Pepe kind of stood for. But it was the moment when 4chan and, like, the internet kind of blew up. And then it starts to spill into other aspects of the internet. And then, like, particularly when women started to use Pepe. And then they're just like, nah, fuck this. We're going to turn Pepe into the most, like, racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, anti-Semitic, homophobic, anything, anything obic. He's all the phobics, the they got everything the in phobics. there. He's going to be the fucking worst piece of shit ever just uh-huh. to get, like, outsiders, as that 4chan says, which is basically anyone that wasn't, you know, a teenage white boy, <laughs> like, on 4chan. <laughs> mm. I don't know, the whole, the whole phenomenon is just very interesting and it's not really covered, you know? You don't, no. you don't talk about it. I it's sort of... It's sort of it's sort of cringe to talk about it, really. You know? It is cringe. It you know? is. But, but I was that's the thing. These... Like, these fuckers are just been left behind by, like, capitalism and shit like that. But they're going to blame the people that are being, like, fucking also suffering underneath it. Like, they're not going to yeah, blame... Yeah, they just... <laughs> I also watched a different... Uh, another documentary, uh, which is uh, TDFW No GF, otherwise known as That Feel When No Girlfriend, which is, like, an incel kind of documentary. Mm. But, like, it goes into... it's. It doesn't have, like, a very... Um, it's not like Feels Good Man. Like Feels Good Man has like a very clear kind of thread to it. Like it tells the story of Pepe the Frog and has all these uh, different sort of commentaries on it. And you have like talking heads and the creator of Pepe and stuff like that. And uh, TFW No GF is actually uh, it's just uh, basically it follows like four or five incels around and sort of gets their view on um, the world, I suppose, and just sort of lets them say what they want. Like, there's no real judgment or like they don't really the filmmaker doesn't really take a position. But uh, one of them actually made a really good point because it's shot over the course of like two or three years. So three of them actually get like become normal basically or like mm. um, make it out, make it out of the hole that they dug themselves into. And one of them made a really uh, good comparison with uh, like internet culture being like a, an echo of something like the graffiti on the walls in like Pompeii. Or Rome, where people would like, you know, like there's still uh, Americans on the wall in Pompeii, like uh, such and such is a whore, or like 
uh, I fucked uh, this person here. Like, mm. you know, just vulgarities and profanity for no other reason than to, like, I don't know, leave your mark or, like, to piss people off. Mm. I believe the main difference in the internet age is that you, like, you leave your mark on the wall, you leave your graffiti or whatever, but then someone starts writing back and it's like a mm. feedback loop, which is almost, I suppose in, like, uh, in the case of the Pepe hate symbol thing is, like, it's a feedback of hate or uh, negative energy. But, like, it's still something that's always been there, really. It's like a, like an innate kind of thing, you know? Mm. People just uh, trying to wind people up, I think it is. Yeah. It's very, it's very, uh, it's a very strange thing. Yeah, it is. It's such a strange, like, beast of the internet. And it is just echo chambers, like, constant echo chambers within echo chambers within echo chambers of, like, these people that just, like... I don't have to see the other side of the argument because I can just stay on this side and have my opinion validated by all these other people. And, you know, that obviously feels good. It feels good, man, when that happens. It feels good, man. Like, the per- like with this documentary, like, it was, I definitely found the start of it way more interesting than the end. Um, especially, like, when for some reason it just throws in cryptocurrency for, like... 10 minutes and it has literally nothing to do with the rest of the, anything that's going on mm. um but like i i really liked matt fury i thought he was like i really understood that like he was just like yeah you can do whatever you want and then all of a sudden he's like oh shit i should have taken charge on this like this is gonna get <laughs> this is gonna get worse and worse well i think like the the solution they had the, like they basically present the solution kind of at the end where it's like oh matt should have uh like sort of you know taken charge and like protected his in- intellectual copyright laws or his intellectual rights, or whatever. <clears throat> and he had this really awful scene where it's like it's it's Matt in a boardroom, and you turn around and it's like slow motion of uh, these three lawyers walking in and like you know that was cool music awful. behind them. It's like these people are intellectual property rights lawyers. Like these people are these are not good people. These are like no. terrible people. Like that's not a good thing. And it's not, it doesn't actually do anything either. Like, you can you can sue whoever you want over over Pepe. Like, it's too late at this stage, and it it would always be too late anyway. Because mm. these things, like the thing with Fortune, I suppose, which is like the complete opposite of things like Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Like, you can't monetize it. There's no likes. Uh, there's nothing uh, nothing really to gain from posting on it. You can't gain anything from it. Like, it's not intellectual property to post something there, really, mm. in the first place. Uh, which sort of feeds back into the whole thing that is people just doing it for for no reason, and that's maybe why it's so uh, like most memes seem to come from that those kinds of places because no one's posting uh, posting things to like get likes or to get people to give them approval. They're just posting things for because they want to. But uh, yeah, I didn't like that aspect of it. Like it's that's not a good solution. I think Matt sort of accepts that as well. Like he's 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 so chill. Like. Mm. about everything like i think he's just like he's like oh fuck this i'm gonna i'm gonna make if i'm gonna get if my fucking little cartoon character is gonna be registered as a fucking hate symbol i'm gonna make fucking money off the cunts that did this (laughs) yeah 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 and he takes down alex jones just well he didn't take him down but like he takes alex jones Mm. which was fucking hilarious i I was just watching it's like alex jones is actually an insane person like what the fuck he's literally in the court and he's just there like, oh, sorry, I feel a bit, feel a bit sore. I was working out today. It's like, how are you a human being? Like, what? It's like <laughs> he's just uh, the the uh, the lawyer's like, what did you do to prepare for this deposition? He's like, nothing really. I was like, I just, I just came in here. It's like, yeah. did you not? <laughs> like, this is a big case against you. It cost him hundreds of thousands of dollars, and he just walks in, you know, riffing. 
Like he's just a cartoon. Like he is in this, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, but he's just like but a cartoon strange, character. Like that's the weird thing is that it starts with a com like this guy making a comic book about him and his friends, and it ends with him taking on Alex Jones in a court settlement. <laughs> like that's yeah, yeah. that's the weird ride that it goes on, and I think it's really like insane as well. Like because I didn't know that Donald Trump fucking retweeted a Pepe the Frog. Yeah, and I was like, that was so funny. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, I can't believe... And, like, like, what that would have meant to the guys that, like, believed in him and, like, followed Pepe. And, like, Pepe's our fucking thing. Looking yeah, back yeah. at it now, it was like, that, that is so fucking lame. But, like, at yeah. the time, it was, like, the, it was literally, like, Great the rise outreach. of the alt-right. <laughs> and they make a good point in the film as well, that all this was, like, legitimized by the fact that, like, they had, like, CNN and, like, different news stations did, like, whole segments on this cartoon mm. character and said, oh, he was a hate symbol and he's, like, it's similar to the swastika and stuff. Like, they mentioned the film, like, that just sort of makes the people who support that kind of stuff double down. They're like, oh, this is this is hilarious. We've got a reaction yeah. out of these people. This is exactly what we wanted and they're giving it to us. And Trump just, like, Trump massively benefited off that kind of stuff, I think. Yeah, and, hugely. Uh, like, even, like, mm. when you see how at the start anyway it would have been like guys like whatever like they definitely like disenfranchised white men seeing how well like i'm like the system isn't benefiting me or whatever or you know because i'm like i'm doing fucking nothing i have literally like not gone into education i'm not working i'm not doing anything i'm not like most of these dudes seem to be like virgins as well for the most part yeah, and they the kind of some of those some of those dudes just like seem like fucking incels or whatever definitely was like we're gonna take down the system or whatever and like you know will we will we like back uh you know hillary clinton a former president's wife or will we vote for this complete outsider someone that should not be in the white house will we just vote for him and they got him in like yeah, it worked. they had a they it had worked. a huge influence on this and because like especially because that like hillary clinton and the democrats or whatever started to like like legitimize this and then that only like made it worse because it was like well why like it's just like that like like that troll thing was like well why can't i say this and that just snowballed further and further until eventually donald trump did get elected yeah there's a there's a guy in the in the documentary like one of the talking heads and he's an occultist like a magician like he's a professor of magic in some some weird institution like he's talking a load of load of bollock mainly but like he has a really good point at the very end where he's talking about how um it's after it's like it's sort of gone through the wash about Pepe being like sort of whatever you want him to be, and Matt Matt Fury's done a thing about uh, uh, saving Pepe and like which uh, only made it worse again. <laughs> yeah, which only made it worse. But like the way that or the way in Hong Kong, like the Hong Kong democracy protesters use Pepe as like a symbol of hope and uh, mm. and peace and stuff like that and love, and um, this like occultist guy is talking about how. Uh, like in ancient societies, uh, people always look for patterns in terms of uh, symbols. Uh, omens like things that sort of repeated and that suggested that society was changing and that something was like you, you you derive the meaning that you can out of it but it's not in itself like a powerful thing it just suggests mm. that something else is happening and that you have to keep keep an eye on it and look for other symbols other patterns in out in the wild i thought that was a really cool thing yeah, cause especially in the sense that well. yeah especially in the sense that like uh obviously a lot of people didn't understand how to deal with uh not just like obviously pepe himself but like the sort of the uh, the culture like virtual culture and uh, the sort of uh, 
internet aspect mm. of how we live a lot of people aren't prepared for it and that's what that's what happened in uh, 2016 and it's still happening now i suppose yeah it's definitely well we can see it now in ireland at the moment but like yeah. you can see, like the history repeats itself over and over again and this is only gonna happen again with something else um <laughs> probably but it is like this this crazy fucking story about this fucking internet frog that just became a hate symbol because a reaction against you know woke culture or whatever um it's so fucking weird and it's so interesting uh and i i really like this documentary i and i love the uh, the animation bits in it the animation bits are so cool yeah they're really they should do like a cartoon with him you know yeah they I don't should think, don't think nick would pick that up you know with the i don't think pepe would be in it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah it's really cool it's nice animation it's very well made film mm. what was um the that feeling when no gf what was that like <laughs> it's good it's good ariel pink did the music oh, he's in his own trouble these days as well and then, yeah uh, i've heard <laughs> yeah john mouse john mouse has some songs it's like it just sort of follows these like five guys and there's a there's a Texas incel, like a cowboy incel. Uh, there's like a powerlifter incel. There's two um, sort of school shooter types, Jesus. and then there's this kind of philosopher incel who's like he's not he has a wife, so he's not an incel anymore. But like he still he has a allegiance to those or sympathy with the uh, with those kinds of people, mm. and he's like above it. He actually mentors the uh, the powerlifter incel into like uh, ascending beyond uh, beyond himself and stuff like that. Big part of the film is um, your man Wojak. You know the the sort of counterpart yeah, Wojak. to Pepe. Like yeah. Wojak's definitely bigger these days. He's definitely sort of blew blew up in Pepe's place. But um, this film, there's the philosopher guy, kind of makes like a an interesting point about how uh, they represent like the duality of man, which sounds really stupid and simplistic when you say it. But like like Pepe is like the like. Uh, gregarious like outgoing outrageous assertive kind of character and then wojak is like the inner character that that no one really sees like he's like sad and like depressed mm. and uh like has his own kind of inner life which is nowhere near as uh as like sort of contented as his outer self would uh would appear and the way the way he sort of made that comparison was actually really good it's a good film it's just like it doesn't have any uh it doesn't have any really point of view like the director she didn't take any um any sort of perspective on it which yeah. is a good thing definitely but like it doesn't really go into social issues or like what could actually be behind the whole the problems that these guys kind of have but it does sort of kind of hint at them and you can just sort of you know get yeah. the hint um yeah because they're all fucking losers what the the cowboy incel is like an alcoholic who has no friends and like the um the school shooter guys are like constantly on twitter like always on twitter and they're, they're like famous on twitter and stuff um, and they get arrested halfway through the film because one of them puts up uh, like a, a picture with a, he's holding two AK-47s and the caption <sighs> is uh, one ticket to Joker, please. Jesus like, fucking Christ. Which is just obviously, obviously that's a joke tweet. Like, yeah, I know. Fuck like, it out. But he got, <laughs> like, he got. That's an incel fucking thing to do. <laughs> he got arrested and uh, he got all his guns confiscated. So they were fucked up about that. But then they both get girlfriends at the end of it and he gets his guns back. So it's it's kind of like like it's it's good. It's like it provides a good perspective. And the yeah. like the pseudo philosopher guy, he has a he's like constantly kind of uh giving counsel about the whole thing, like sort of uh putting some perspective on it. Like he talks about how um 
like the, like it's nothing really new about it like there is obviously a loneliness epidemic you know kind of happening like the sort of the social contract is broken down all that kind of thing but like loneliness isn't something that's really like specific like necessarily to this moment in time like it's always kind of mm. been kind of been there and something yeah. that everyone deals with yeah because so. i remember watching the concert points video on um on incels before and like the way that like she kind of ended the video is like these incels just need a fucking form of like a different form of masculinity one that isn't so like toxic and one that they have to compare themselves to one that is just like yeah find inner peace within yourself and she was like she basically was just like yeah i mean if it turns out to be jordan peterson that's okay too like if they, that's the form of masculinity that they need to get out of this this like rope because like Oh, man, there's a huge suicide rate uh, in uh, like incels communities. Ah, yeah, I remember like yeah. watching a few videos about it, and like, like this girl was like talking to the, to this incel like in a chat room with them or whatever, like sitting by this incel that was on the chat room, and like she was with them for like two weeks or whatever, and within the week or whatever, or within two weeks, one of the fellas had like he, he had killed himself, and um. She was like, is that normal? And the guy was like, yeah, no, that's normal. Like, like it's like a rotation kind of thing. It's like, what though? And like, it's ingrained in the culture that they're in. That like, this is just something that will happen. It's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah. what a warped, distorted reality that they are living in. Like, what the fuck is wrong with them? And it is yeah. like, it is like an internet thing as well. Because the internet has provided these people a way to like, have some form of a relationship with a human being but for that human being to be as negative and as self-hating as you yourself is and it's an echo chamber of self-hate yeah there's loads of uh i suppose they're intertitles like there's just sort of screen caps of like posts and stuff like that mm. and they have some animations sort of like feels good man in a tfw no gf that's such a mouthful of a title but, it's uh, too long. That's way Say too no long. no GF. No GF, yeah. But uh, they have, like, intertitles and stuff and, like, sort of uh, examples of posts that uh, the subjects talk about. And one of the school shooters is saying, uh, it's talking about, like, you'd see threads that would come up where people would be like, oh, today's the day I'm going to end it all. Like, I'm looking up how to tie a rope. Uh, any parting words. And he's, and he's like, replying live. And he's like, oh, do it. Or, like, uh, like everyone in the thread is just going, oh, I can't wait. Or, or like start a video or do a live or stuff like that you know it's just like complete nihilistic sort of uh uh negativity there's nothing it's so like hopeless but like there's there's always like this sense of like it's like gamified almost it's like it's like a game yeah it's like fun it's like they don't yeah it's like because it's on a screen yeah it's not real or something i don't know it's it's really fucked up and really disturbing um yeah because it is like interesting or whatever because it is like you know real or whatever but it is like really disturbing and really fucked up when you do see that side of like you know not even the internet but of human beings as general that like that is a side of human beings that exists Mm. and is like pretty fucking popular as well like popular enough that like you know mainstream people know what it is (laughs) there's definitely something to be said for the fact that like all or maybe not now but like back back before like pretty much all the big all the big kind of memes the big kind of trends mostly uh originated in that place and like yeah, 4chan, 4chan or like yeah. or uh <clears throat> boards like that which is obviously says that uh like 
everyone kind of shares that sense of humor like there's something very universal about the, those kind of communities like they're they're speaking to a universal kind of um i don't know sensibility mm. even though they say all these awful things and like have such like a kind of toxic culture around their communities it's a it's a real sticky wicket you know that is like very true like that fucking photo of pepe that they were talking about were like kind of this like smug smile yeah. or whatever that is like a universal feeling and i've seen it used in other contexts where it's yeah. like ah yeah i get it like i know what you mean or whatever not being like you know a racist like or like misogynistic way but just yeah. being like yeah this is like the perfect image to sum up being smug oh i know better than you and i i feel delight in that but like its original use was something fucking horrible <laughs> yeah yeah and you have a um, like wojak obviously these days like pretty much every nationality and every group has adapted that character to uh to suit themselves like it's mm. so um like customizable so modular you know because it's all just simple drawings but yeah obviously it embodies some kind of universal kind of feeling which i suppose is what they're they're kind of talking about in in no gf god there's so many whoa jack memes holy shit yeah, the one is just big. like him like wearing like wearing like the mask and then underneath the mask is like him crying or whatever they're being yeah. raged. <laughs> like it's such a it's yeah. such an adaptable meme as well. Yeah, it's so uh it's so interesting how those things kind of transfer from different out of different contexts and different communities. Mm. Like the Hong Kong thing out of like they never they already focus on it in uh, Feels Good Man, but that, like they just sort of pitch in at the end that oh yeah, by the way, Pepe is like an anti Semitic hate symbol, but he's also in Hong Kong he's also a symbol of um peace and love democracy. and unity yeah uh-huh. which I, I think they could have focused on that more like the sort of how specific these meanings can be how contingent they are like it's not really it's sort of something you make for yourself rather than um i think it's i don't think they went into it because it, it was only like really just happening as they were making the documentary mm, maybe like yeah. they probably didn't have enough information or whatever to like, you know do a deep dive on it i didn't even know that that was a thing yeah i didn't know that either i don't know like how like how they even <laughs> why did they pick him it's just weird but sort of, sort of shows that like the meaning is basically completely dependent on you know your personal reading of it it's not the there's no real power in the image itself especially when uh when they're asking the hong kong protesters like oh what does pepe mean to you and like one of them is just like well he looks sad but i hope for one day that he will smile and like mm. He's dark like Pepe being Hong Kong itself. Like, it's sad now, <laughs> but hopefully one day it will smile. Yeah. But then you ask, like, the 4chan is originally, what does Pepe mean to you? It's like, well, he just means, like, that's what I'm going through as well. Like, Pepe is this universal thing that's very malleable and very adaptable to the situation. Yeah. You have, like, you know, the 4chan is saying, Pepe was me, or Pepe was, like, sadness within me or whatever. But, like, that sadness for kind of sad lonely men i guess or sad you know kind of like edgy teenagers or whatever is like oh yeah well pepe felt like me because you know i wasn't really doing anything i didn't have a girlfriend meanwhile for hong kong it's like yeah well it means like liberation and like you know freedom for us <laughs> yeah 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 exactly it doesn't it's all very dependent on your context get back to the vibology <laughs> the vibology come on lads the, pl- the vibology the of memeology <laughs> yeah memeology yeah that's th- that is definitely going to be a, a field of study. Oh, yeah. And this is, like, which is cool because, like, this is the shit that, like, internet or, like, not even internet historians, historians are going to have to look at and, like, yeah. see, like, 
we can see the clear threads of like social change happening like from this moment because <laughs> it happened on the internet and you can see the ripple effect that it had yeah like like the way like you think uh like we were so, sort of taught books sometimes through that through that lens you know like um mm. like certain literature like the printing uh, press yeah yeah gutenberg and like certain literature associated with like you know the french revolution or the american revolution or whatever you know a hundred years time we'll have kids writing junior sir essays on uh you know meme developments in the 21st century and stuff like that it's it's all yeah. sort of the same bag you know cultural cultural contexts yeah literally yeah because it's it is like artifacts of of our of our culture of our society or whatever um yeah it definitely is that because i was only just thinking like what book was it um when we were talking about fucking lenin we were talking about media effects last week and we're talking about like lenin just really liked this one book and turned to, yeah, to like, yeah. <laughs> like a revolution <laughs> yeah he's just a fan it's just fandom it's fandom uh studies all over again you know mm. Module. <laughs> yeah, that was a shy module. Well, that's basically what this is as well. It's just fan studies. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna make my mom and dad watch this documentary. I was, I was afraid it was gonna be like, like it's so easy to be, uh, to sort of go at it the wrong way or like touch it with the yeah. wrong gloves. You know, it's like you, just to be really insincere about it. I actually did a good job of like doing like keeping it balanced and actually trying to like look into the specifics of what happened. Yeah, and how it developed. So I, cool. I really like that. It was a well-made documentary, and uh, it was well investigated. I enjoyed it a lot. I love for like more because more shit like this is will be coming out more mm. and more. I think like here's this weird side of the internet and how it had this weird knock-on effect on other things. Yeah, we take a break and then uh, let's get let's move on to the down, listener yeah. questions. Sweet. Absolutely, I am dying for a piss. <laughs> yeah, if you want to ask us a question or whatever. Uh, give us any feedback or abuse welcome all kinds of uh, communication you can get to us at insta or on insta and on twitter at paro underscore pod or you can email us at theparopod at gmail.com yeah so our first question is coming in from carl and carl is asking us if the oscars weren't pushed back who would have won what um well first of all films came out 2020 (laughs) Mm, I'm thinking Trial of Chicago 7. Yes. Haven't seen it, but definitely an Oscar oh, film. Oh, no, yeah. I say Aaron Sorkin would have got something. Mm, I'm thinking Devil All the Time. Also never seen it, but sounds like an Oscar film. Tenet. Nomadland. Tenet, I think, like... would have been in there. I don't know. what. What's that? Nomadland is uh, Francis McDormand playing a nomad. Just like chilling about. It's oh. a very slow movie, very quiet movie. So I think she would have won something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's always getting awards. Tom Hanks had a uh, film this year. I feel like that would have done something as well. News of the World. Hillbilly Elegy. That could have been in there somewhere. That, uh, my mom started watching that and she fucking hated it. She knocked it off. She knocked it off after 30 minutes. Oh, I'm thinking of ending things. It would have probably won something for a screenplay. Yeah, it, probably, it would have been nom- nominated anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely nominated. Mank would have got something. Wolfwalkers. Trying to Chicago 7. Uh, I'm just literally just looking at a list here. I'm just like, yeah, they probably would have won something. Sonic the Hedgehog would have been nominated for Best Animated Picture. <laughs> yeah, was that 2020? Yeah. At the very yes. start, I think it was February. 
or January, fe- January, February, which is fucking grim. <laughs> a film called Corona Zombies came out last year. Let me add that to my watch list. <laughs> Corona Zombies. What? How long is it? Oh, it's an hour long. I hear. I have to watch this thing. <laughs> uh, looking oh. at all the uh, the highest grossing films of 2020. And it's all Chinese films. Until you get to uh, Tenet comes in at fifth, which I think is the highest. Um, oh wait, what's Bad Boys for Life? What? The, oh, I remember that. That's actually the, the yeah. highest grossing Western film of 2020. Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. And then there's Tenet, and then Sonic the Hedgehog, and then Doolittle, which I don't even remember coming out. Did that come out 2020? Or was that 2019? No, it's 2020 here. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh yeah, Robert. And so many films came out last year, and I'm like, did that actually come out last year? Or was it 2019? I cannot remember. <laughs> yeah, Doolittle is the is was the fourth highest grossing Western film of 2020, but it also lost 100 million dollars from its budget. That is comical. It's the same as Tenet. Tenet like, um, like bombed as well technically, even though it was like the only film that came out in cinemas. Jesus, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train. Is the fourth highest grossing Japanese man, did, bro, 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 <laughs> Demon Slayer, like the film along with the the anime series that they released, like put the manga. How do I phrase it? Like because of those, because of the series and the film, the manga sold more copies of its uh, like volumes than um, the three big Shonen Jump manga were Naruto, uh, One Piece, and uh, Bleach. All three of them combined uh, never sold in a year the amount that uh, Demon Slayer sold last year because of the film and because of the anime series. That's how big that fucking series got or that franchise got last year. Jesus. Big money. Huge money. Yeah. All the- and it's ended this year. It's ended. They, like, the, girls is, like, the girl that like writes whatever is like, yeah, no, it's over this year. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for really getting into it last year. Yeah, it's made 400 mil. You know? Toho, I think, made it. Mm. But yeah, this year, 2021, the highest grossing film, is somehow se- has made $700 million. It's called High Mom. It's a Chinese film. They're all just Chinese yeah, yeah. films. How have you? How'd you make seven hundred million dollars in two months? That's bizarre. This is all Chinese films, and there's one called Endgame, which is also a Chinese film. Different, different Endgame. Different though. Endgame altogether, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also very popular. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, maybe a bunch of Chinese films would have won fucking Best Picture at the Oscars. Oh, the Oscars were not like that. And then second question is coming in from Aaron, and Aaron is saying. If you could make a theme park ride based on any film, what would it be? That is a banging question. What a question. question, Aaron. I love it. I love the engagement. That's such a specific question. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I'd love a haunted house like Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. We're so predictable. Yeah. But <laughs> besides that, um, like an actual roller coaster. Like roller coasters can just be themed. Like mm. like the Hulk. I've been on the Hulk one in uh, Orlando, and that literally like it's Hulk themed. It has literally nothing to do with Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I think maybe a a Gremlins two themed kind of Terror of Terror scenario, but to clamp a Terror mm. instead, and there's Gremlins everywhere. Something like that. Oh yeah, like a fucking 
imagine like it was a roller coaster and it's going ballistic or whatever and then like it just stops at one point and then like uh you hear like the sounds of the gremlins or whatever and it's like oh no what's going on don't touch that and then the fucking roller coaster yeah. does, goes backwards from where where it came yeah exactly <laughs> it's so much potential i'm pretty sure that uh, surely there is a, a gremlin that's definitely something like that <laughs> like ride or something like that um what else would be cool like uh, what about like <laughs> you know um oh it is uh you know the thing and you know like the bit where like all the the like tentacles come out of the thing and it's like grabbing onto people what if it was like one of those like char around rides but it was like the, <laughs> the thing yeah, like yeah. tentacles <laughs> yeah yeah that's a shout that is a shout what else would there be you need kind of like blockbusters though that's the thing yeah or if we could think of an independent film but that would uh, deserve an amusement park ride starship troopers but it'd just be a generic kind of space ride mm. yeah like a shooting ride kind of mm. yeah I think the Texas Chainsaw though would be cool Mm, definitely. Get that going. Again, give us money. We'll make you something cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hire us. We will build you a theme park ride. Tato Park, hope you're listening. A Joan of Arc or a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joan of Arc ride. You're just strapped to a post. <laughs> you're just burnt alive <laughs> at the end. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah. I was just looking through. Oh, a fucking Truman Show, man! A Truman Actually, yeah. Show theme park. That would be like the whole theme park is just. Well, I guess that is just Disney, but like. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bit expensive to hire everyone to be an actor, you know. So, sort of economically unrealistic, mm. but it could work. It could work. Disney have the money for it. <laughs> How about a gear a wrath of God, floating downstream? All these weird things are happening. Um, you know, there's a horse. Mm. Uh, you know, just a horse. <laughs> you're in the Amazon stuff, <laughs> stuff cool. like that. Yeah, like because I've been on like stuff like that where it's just like slowly like moseying down a river, just looking at the coolest scenery or whatever. But it like this one would be like, you have this like captain that's going insane, telling you what you what you to do or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The Shining would also be cool. Yeah, a yeah. Haunted house, but a hotel. Yeah, that has to be a, a ride somewhere. That overlook. has to be. That's that's too easy for it not to be. A bundle of two one. <laughs> what would that even <laughs> be? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> you just, the theme park ride is that you just watch bundle of two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had the shining. At, you know those Halloween horror nights that they have yeah. in Universal. They had that there. Those are always great. Yeah, a lot of them are like. As soon as you think of the film, you're like, okay, that's obviously what the the theme park ride should be. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do you want to go into um, Emily's question? Yeah, Emily's asking, what film would you give a prequel or a sequel? I'd definitely give War of the Planet of the Apes a sequel, where it's back, or no, it advances forward in the time where the humans arrive onto the planet of the apes, which is which was hinted at in the first one, but they never got there. I don't think mm. they are going to get there at this stage, because there's no more films in that series. It's very sad. Yeah, like they just tied around. Oh, yeah, as in, do you mean like a remake of the original one? But from the apes' perspective. Yeah. Something like that's that, a coo- you know? Yeah. Or like from the perspective of the humans as they land, like in space and stuff. Because it, it doesn't show them in space in the original. 
Yeah, that's a cool idea. That's actually yeah, that that's that would be a good way to end the series as well. Oh, the, it already ended on a good note, but like mm. a cool a cool way to tie them all together. What film would I do a sequel to? I don't know. Um, Gummo two. <laughs> See what those characters Gummo are two. now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could work. That could definitely work. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure half of them are easy. dead. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, you could just do that. <laughs> <laughs> Show their graves. Yeah, that's so sad, though. <laughs> yeah, it's really fucked up. I kind of regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about a prequel, though. What could you do for a no. prequel? Um, I don't know. I'm just, like, looking at my list here of, like, things I've read on a letterbox. I can't think of... Like, you want something that has, like, an interesting story to be told before whatever happens. Yeah, if you know yeah. what I mean. Uh-huh. I mean, you could make a prequel to Funny Games and it just being the house that they did beforehand. Like a prequel, like, and it's a prequel only by like a few hours beforehand. Mm, it'd just be the same film, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe do something cool with it. <laughs> hmm. Is there any sequels that you would remake? Like, as in, like, there, that's redo, that already like... has this, like, redo the sequel. Um, yeah, I don't even know. I'm looking. At, I'm looking at my letterbox as well. I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> Bundle of three, you know. Get it out there. Yeah, fuck it. Get it out there. <laughs> um, or Bundle of two prequel. Yeah, yeah. Well, I swear you already have that, I suppose. Yeah, I'm just like looking through. I'm like, most of these are just like pretty concise stories. So mm. like, I don't know if I'd make a sequel or a prequel to any of them. Yeah, pretty self-contained. I mean, I wouldn't mind if they did another. 28 months like 28 weeks or like a 28 months 28 years later yeah yeah well but this no they could do 28 months later now that would I wouldn't mind that that would be cool just another fucking you know just a shaky cam zombie movie I mean I'm kind of tired of zombie movies at this stage but mm. I really like the first one so <laughs> actually I want I want an other guys too I think th- yes. I think that's that's one that deserves a step sequel. brothers too yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Like that, like those. The f- they always make sequels to the worst of those kinds of films. You know, <laughs> they just like that. No one likes Dodgeball too. I want a Dodgeball too. I want a yeah, Dodgeball prequel. Mm. Trash on Bruce. Oh, making you know the Evil Dead remake. Mm. Do the see do like a sequel of that, but just being like a remake of the Army of the Dead or Darkness or whatever. But I. I can't really remember that remake. I can't imagine that fits into the like how that film was. Mm. That film was really fucking gory. That film was really fucked up. God, that film was so violent. Have you ever seen that film? What? The Evil Dead remake. No. Oh, it's real fucked up. Really fucked up. It's really disturbing. But maybe make a sequel to that. And it just being like, you know, how the Evil Dead did them, kind of. Or just do like an Army of Darkness, but just you know remake it and make it Evil Dead too. That just gets very confusing, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's unnecessarily confusing. Yeah. Would you want another sequel to uh, Texas Chainsaw or like, you know, yeah, uh, Halloween or Friday Thirteenth or any of those ones in the class? Yeah, Halloween, like, Texas Chainsaw. As long as they give us creative control, I think that yeah, we can make a good one. we can steer those franchises in the right direction, get them back on track. It's not hard. It's very easy, in fact. You know, we could easily do that. Prequel, remake, sequels. 
We do it all. Yeah, we just we just remake the next generation, but just make it good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, add a, <laughs> yeah. Add like a coherent story to it. Like that has potential, you know. That has so that much has potential. potential. Yeah, I'm just looking at my list here. Just like fuck all of these. I'd like have a sequel to, or mm. even pre- or make a prequel to. Because like, I don't know. Because if Shark Tale two, why not? <laughs> Shark Tale two. Yeah, why not? I don't make know. it happen. I don't know. Nosferatu two. Uh, which would that be a sequel to? Would that be a sequel to the remake or the original one? The original. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> and they meet each other. It's like the Spider Verse <laughs> thing. It's yeah. Like whoa, you know, they have a whole comical scene where they're like, "Whoa, you're Nosferatu." I'm Love Nosferatu. Love on a leash too. Huh? Love on a leash. Love yeah. on a leash too. Yeah, yeah, definitely get that in. But yeah, I can't think of any really. Most of them, I'm just like, I'm happy with the being what it is there's something very tiring about sequels <laughs> like i was like oh, i watched the first and so i gotta watch the second one <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a commitment you know you feel sort of compelled unless it's rubbish it's like it's like this one this hour and a half experience has now turned into a fucking four hour long experience by having to watch them all now <laughs> yeah 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 it's pretty hard yeah just don't do sequels i think that's the uh the moral of this of this question do you prefer prequels or sequels? Uh, there's something really satisfying about a good sequel. Mm. Prequels, like, they don't really scratch that itch, you know? Because it's always like, uh, I know where this is going, you know? It's more like... Uh, yeah, you know where the ending point is. Yeah, it's like sort of just justifying a different film rather than like a sequel, mm. which, you know, can... Most of the time, a sequel doesn't build on anything, but it can really build on a film and, you know, do its own kind of thing. See, yeah, sequels have a lot more potential than prequels because it is that thing like you know the end point when you get when you come to a prequel you know at some stage that like the story has to tie into whatever you've seen beforehand yeah yeah it's always difficult Mm. that way you know just stick to the originals the OGs yeah the OGs unless it's you know Shrek 2 (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) it's actually the perfect example of a sequel that builds on the original in every single way you know Mm-hmm. In every way. And improves upon the aspects of it. Yeah. Um, which then beautifully ties into our question to the listener. Uh, we asked you, the listeners, what are your thoughts and opinions on sequels or prequels? What are ones you like? What are ones you don't like? What are ones that make... What's a good sequel and what makes a bad sequel? Uh, do you want to take Shane's uh, point there first? Uh-huh. Shane's saying sequels are rarely anchored properly to the original either through thematic inconsistency or oversight disregard by writers to adhere to the confines of the world that's been established by the first film. Disney-era Star Wars is a prime example. I have to say, I agree. I agree. Right on the money. Right on the money. Holy shit. Like, <laughs> on the money, yeah. man. Love it. Love to right. see it. Shane's kind of... Shane's kind of ended this. Shane should just do this podcast. Yeah, Shane, we're calling you out. You need to be on this. But yeah, no, hundred percent agree. Yeah, like a lot of time, I think like a good. I remember watching a video about like Shrek Two and how it's a perfect sequel. Um, it is. <laughs> like, it is. And how like a good sequel will like expand upon the themes. In Shrek One, is no one can love me, and then so he finds someone that loves him. And then Shrek Two is I can't love myself, but then ultimately I can love myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, Shrek's definitely... Shrek just works as an archetype for all those kinds of things, you know? It's like the perfect kind of model of a series, mm. of a franchise. 
you know there's always limitations like the third one's never good uh, it's always a bad idea to go beyond three anyway second one is just done in the perfect way and builds yeah. upon builds upon the original in like a really cool way adds something to it adds more dimensions sort of like builds like a, it, like a really good sequel will allow you to watch the original and find uh, find yourself enjoying it in different ways I think mm. so yeah the mark of a good sequel is something that like takes the groundwork set up by the front by the first film and jumps from it yeah exactly yeah aims yeah, the, higher yeah the um, the Star Wars example is uh, I don't really know much about the new series but it seems like they basically just remade huge parts of the of the last series so well it seems to happen was that they remade basically the like uh, Force Awakens is basically a rehash of A New Hope, mm. and fans didn't like that. So then the Last Jedi was trying to be wildly different than any other Star Wars film. So fans fucking hated it. So then the third one is just like an amalgamation of trying to be something different, but being something familiar, and it's just a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too many cooks in the kitchen, you know. Mm. Uh, it's just fucking producers and stuff because you're not going to yeah. get a sequel because that, that's like probably the like having a follow-up isn't necessarily a bad thing but it's more the fact that like how they're made you're not going to get a sequel unless you're working with a studio in pretty much every yeah. case and studios you know famous for like fucking everything up basically and uh sort of crushing artistic visions and uh you know making it conform to uh the marketing department's uh stipulations and stuff like that you know yeah load of bollocks yeah Hundred percent. Load of balance. Yeah, because like, especially when like, even in terms of like, um, like you know, when something's like a book or whatever. Like most of the time, the second in the franchise, if like if it's a trilogy or whatever, the second one, oftentimes is like the best one, except for uh, Lord of the Rings. I think that the Fellowship of the Ring, and uh, Return of the King, like they're. Uh, they're better than Two Towers. Not to say that Two Towers is bad. Two Towers is also amazing. But it's just not as good as the other two. Like the films? Yeah, the films. Uh-huh. But then it's the opposite where in The Hobbit, the <laughs> second one is the best one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that does very fine lines there though. You know, The Hobbit. <laughs> but uh, there is definitely a difference when uh, you have like a blueprint already set out. Like the Harry Potter films, it doesn't really matter. Like you could go into that, that film that series it's like naked lunch you go into it at any point and you're gonna have like the same experience basically it's very uniform because there's already a blueprint set out before they start making the films like this i think it was the third one was already out like the book before they start making philosopher's stone uh the film so like like we did our rankings earlier you know everyone remembers that Mm -hmm. um like the philosopher's stone i don't think anyone considers the first one the best one like it's sort of distributed quite evenly in terms of like what people like the most. Yeah, it's like mid-tier. Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, like that franchise doesn't follow those rules because it's, it's uh, it wasn't made um, narrative-wise within the system. It was based on something else. So books don't really follow those rules, you know? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, film, like, I guess the original, like, Return of the Jedi, no, Empire Strikes Back is, um, yeah, actually, it's a sequel, like, but like, that doesn't even expand on like themes or anything, I guess. It just kind of expands on the world in a way and continues the story in an interesting way, mm. which is enough. Like that's enough. That's I enough, think. you know. Jab of the hole. Really do the, uh, you know, hands 
what's his name? Han Han Solo getting like Hans. Hans <laughs> Han Solo getting like, you know, fucking frozen and stuff. It's all cool stuff. And like the Sarlacc pit. All cool stuff. But yeah, I don't know what I don't I wouldn't know what the themes are really of Star Wars anyway. You know? No, it's just the arc of the hero. It's just dudes being dudes in space. It's just bros being bros, <laughs> just bros in space. Man. It's just bros. <laughs> <laughs> it's just space knights. You know. Thematic inconsistencies. Can you like or oversight disregard of writers? Like, yeah, most of the time like a bad sequel will just kinda wallow in what happened beforehand or like worse will be thematically inconsistent mm. but that kind of jumps into really well what jack is then saying where jack is saying texas chainsaw 2 is the ultimate sequel takes the ominous atmosphere of the original and fucks it out the window in place of pure 80s schlock dennis hopper dual wields chainsaws for pretty much the entire runtime also it's the co- it's it's the cause of one of primus's primus's Best samples. No idea what the last one. I don't know what the fuck Primus is. So I've, I've heard of Primus. I, I don't. I don't know the music. But had to I'll take, take the your word, word yeah. for it, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's like the opposite. Where like the sequels kind of point is to be, you know, thematically inconsistent and to kind of disregard everything that the first film did. Mm, yeah, like a Gremlins two situation. Yeah, like a Gremlins two. Gremlins two is an amazing sequel because mm. it it kind of does what a what a, it does the opposite of what a good sequel should do, but on purpose. Yeah, it knows what it's doing. You know, that's mm. that's the hallmark, I think, of a good film. Film has to know what it's doing. You know, you can you can deviate from all the rules, and like break them all and do whatever you want, but you have to know like where you're going and what you're doing and why you're doing it. Texas Chainsaw. I don't I don't agree that Texas Chainsaw is the ultimate sequel, but uh, I can understand why someone would say that. Um, I think we even said that when we're going through the tra- the franchise. Like, I can see why someone would like Texas Chainsaw too. It's just I just don't like it. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, in Gremlins Two, it's kind of like the same thing. You know, like it's sort of a precursor to Gremlins Two. Um, it actually came out the same year as Gremlins One, so obviously it's sort of ahead of its time in that way. Um, mm. But yeah, as you say, those films do whatever they want and they fuck it up and they don't expand really on anything, any world or any themes. Um, you can't like they don't even they're not even really related to the first film like like I was saying earlier like you you don't watch the original films and be like oh this is this is so much different now that I've watched you know the second part in the series like they just yeah, it's they the same they have no connection <laughs> they have no connection yeah. like like what's a really bad sequel twenty eight weeks later I fucking hate that movie. A really bad sequel, Dumb and Dumber 2. Dumb and Dumber 2, oh my god, Dumb and Dumber 2 is fucking the fa- dog The Farley brothers, they must have, like, got brain Holy damage shit, sometime in the early 2000s. Like, they were, they were at the top of their game in the 90s, making funny films, there's something about Mary, um, Dumb and Dumber, some other film, and then they just lost the plot. And they Little Fockers. And we're back. And we're, and we're back due to technical difficulties, <laughs> we're back. Um, but no, I was saying that like um, Evan Almighty, that's a terrible sequel as oh well. Oh my god, yeah, I so such comedy high hopes films. Comedy films always have really bad sequels. Yeah, Anchorman too, stuff like that. Yeah, thank God they never did a Tropic Thunder too. Yeah, that would have actually been shot. Yeah, 
Yeah, comedy sequels, like, most of the time they're just fucking shit. Uh-huh. They're not fucking good. Trolls 2 is the perfect sequel in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, it actually is. <laughs> Nothing to do with the original. But it's <laughs> way better in many ways. I'm scrolling through, like, worst sequels of all time. And, like, some one of them says, like, Big Mama's House 2. I'm like, Big Mama's <laughs> House 1 was fucking shit to begin with. So. Yeah, if, if you're walking into the theater, like, with Mo- Big Mama's House 2 over the top, you're like... Like, what are you expecting, you know? You're wasting your money. <laughs> You've just wasted two hours of your time and about 20 quid, you know? You're you're the fool here. <laughs> you're the fucking idiot. <laughs> 22 Jump Street. It's not that bad. That's a good that's sequel, a good though. Sequel. And that does, a, that does a Trolls 2 on it, where it's kind of like... It's kind of like the entire point is that it's repeating everything from the original one. Yeah, it's, and it's in reverse and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a good sequel as well. Um... Liam is saying, I only watch Squeakwolds. Another great sequel. Another great sequel. That- expands upon the themes of the original one. <laughs> the themes of uh, singing chipmunks and, uh, you know. Is is that the one where the girl chipmunks come into it? I don't know. Is that a threequel or a sequel? Because I feel uh, like... That's a threequel. Alvin. What a guy. The road chip. Yep, this is the one with the with the with the girls introduced into it. Jeez, two thousand nine. I feel like that's that that's not two thousand nine, is it? That's mad. <sighs> Apparently, the squeakle. What? I've never seen that one. I've seen the road chip though. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why would you skip Wait, this amazing one? sequel? Wait, which one is it that they? Oh no, I've seen Chipwrecked. That's Chipwrecked. The There's four of these movies. <laughs> I, I saw the first one, and then I didn't see any of the others. I saw the first one, and I saw the third one. Remember people used to have uh, ringtones that were Alvin and Chipmunks songs? Wow, wow, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, those were fucking grim. <laughs> those films were fucking grim. <laughs> like Holy that, shit. That is like 2000s. Like, that is peak 2000s kind of culture. That know? is the most <laughs> 2000s thing I've ever fucking seen. A singing chipmunk with a backwards hat. You know, it's like, that's it. That's that's the entire film. Throwing like <laughs> vague gang signs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Chipwrecked, and every sequel is like a pawn. It's like, oh my god, they're like television films, but they each made made half a billion dollars. That's the thing. How did they do that? The squeak will chipwrecked, and then the road chip. <laughs> the road chip. Who signed this off on a that? Lazy pawn. Who signed off on that? Like that film came out twenty fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> The signs were all there. How did we not know? Alvin and, and the Chipmunks, it's also, the road chip. But like, the road chip is uh, is high is rated higher on IMDb than the previous two sequels. <laughs> so maybe that's the one that revitalized the franchise. The Rotten, Tom- Rotten Tomatoes has an approval rating of 15% for uh, the road chip. That's not good. Uh, that ain't good. That's higher than Chipwrecked. Is it? Yeah. That's twelve percent for that, <laughs> and twelve twenty percent for the squeakle. Uh, so I've literally seen the worst one. <laughs> maybe I gotta give this franchise a chance. Yeah, maybe we should do this as a series. No, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not doing that. I'm not watching these fucking annoying ass fucking movies. 
Um, and then to finish this off, Ben says, "Godfather Part Two proves sequels can also be unbelievable, if not better than the OGs." Yep. Yep. I agree. We got Godfather Which Two. Which ones are Toys? Huh? Toy Story Two, Shrek Two, Godfather Two, <laughs> um, Friday Thirteen Two. Yeah, but Friday Thirteen Two is a fucking shit movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's better, but like when you're when your fucking bar is dog shit, it's not that fucking hard. V true. Oh, the Dark Knight. Yeah, actually, very true. Dark Knight. Terminator Two. Mm. Aliens. Empire Strikes Back. Aliens isn't better than Alien, but still good in a different way. Mm. Mad Mad Max: The Road Warrior. Oh, that is like. Yeah, that's that's one of those films. That's definitely like a Shrek Two kind of film, you know. Builds on the original oh. in so many different ways. It becomes like, I don't know. It's just, it's just amazing. Have you, have you never seen them? No. Nope. I've only seen Fury Road. You got to give them a look, man. Furry Road. Furry it's Road. The Chipmunks. Yeah. It's the album the Chipmunks sequel. <laughs> the fifth album the Chipmunks. It's <laughs> <laughs> post-apocalyptic. Fur- <laughs> Furry Road. That would be amazing. Um, but like some of these are fucking cheats like some of them are like oh yeah Lord of the Rings The Return of the King is like that's the third one that doesn't count yeah oh the Born Supremacy is actually better than Born Identity as well <laughs> is it they're all pretty even no they're all pretty yeah, even yeah they're kind of the same film mm. which is they're which is sort of a though. testament to that, to that series you know they're so consistent Liam uh, and his brother Patrick fucking hates them what how <laughs> Uh, they don't hate them, but they just didn't like them. I don't know. Uh, I think they're just good action films. Like They're good action films. They do the job. Madagascar 2 is better than Madagascar. Simply because of the incest joke. Madagas- no, Madagascar is a treasure. An absolute treasure. I don't think I've seen Madagascar 2. Madagascar 2 has a fucking brilliant line where <laughs> they're trying to land the plane and it's the penguins and it's like, Easy, easy. Now, <laughs> they touch it like you're kissing your sister, and they just slam into the fucking. They just crash really like abruptly. <laughs> what? What the fuck? Genius, best writing ever. Oh my god, yeah. No, I used to love Madagascar. I actually watched Penguins in Madagascar uh, this week. I obviously didn't put it on the docket for obvious reasons because I don't have lots to say with <laughs> this film. But it's a great fucking movie. Penguins in Madagascar. <laughs> I don't think I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, it's them. great, man. Man, you actually should watch that film. I think I actually think you might really, really like that movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, genuinely. I think you get a lot out of it. Why? It's really weird. Madagascar. I will stick that on the list. It's really weird and it got really good puns. And it has a... It opens with Werner Herzog like <laughs> uh, doing a Penguins documentary oh, as he introduces yeah. to it. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. What? <laughs> that is so cool. I'll definitely watch that now. Yeah. That is so funny. It's like that, you know that clip where it's like the penguin walking off, the nihilist penguin, where it's, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it's literally there's that. A like, <laughs> there's like a reference to that. That is so funny. That's amazing. Uh, fair play to them for, for doing that, you know? Having the balls to do that in a kid's film. Yeah, insane. All right, I'm going to watch that. It's not really, like, it's not really a kid's, like, it is a kid's film, but there's so many jokes that just aren't for kids at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely have a look at that now. Do it, bro. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I used to love all the lads. Skipper, Kowalski, Private, Rico. Rico. <laughs> Rico. Rico. <laughs> the loose cannon of the penguins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, is he? <laughs> uh, I used to love the video game. I still had the video game, actually. 
I used to love the TV show of Penguins in Madagascar too. Yeah, I remember seeing that every now and then, Nick. It was like after that generation when like Drake and Josh and stuff had been phased out. It's the only thing I actually mm. still enjoyed, kind of. Like I'd sit down, like I'd watch it if it was on, you know. I've never seen Madagascar 3. Neither have I. I don't think anyone has. It's like Europe's Most Wanted, isn't it? Yeah, Europe's Most Wanted, written by Noam Bombach. What? Yeah, written by the guy that wrote Marriage Story. <laughs> yeah, he's wrote, written a few things, hasn't he? Yeah. A few yeah. weird things. A lot of weird things. <laughs> yeah. Will we leave it at that, Marco? We'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Till next week. Uh, well, we talking next week. Tell Inform the listener what we do next week. Next week, week we're talking. We're talking Panda's fan. You know, you know the story. I'm sure you've listened to the last episode. If you haven't, go back to episode one and just start all the way through. Yes, yes. That's the only way to do it. You have to do it in order. Much much like a good sequel, each episode builds upon the themes of the previous one. <laughs> yeah. Degenerates each time, you know. <laughs> yeah, once you get to the third one, it starts getting really bad. You should always stop after the third one. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> nah, but um, yeah, Pendus fan. Television play, BBC, 1973 or 74, I think. Give it a look. It's online. Google Pendus fan. Watch online. It's on YouTube as well in like low quality. It's going to be great. You're going to love it. I can't wait. I've had this on my list for fucking ages. Ever since you told me about it, Mark. Ever since you wrote that piece for it, I've had it on my list. Yeah, God bless. It's, uh, it's going to be a good one. Can't wait. All right. All right. That's that now. All right. See you all. Bye-bye. Bye.